This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Wayne McFarland. He is the author of Tales from the Day. Thank you for joining me today. You're welcome, Roman. Glad to see you're doing well. I'm glad you uh, jumped on today. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, we we sold our company here a couple years ago. We had a software company, uh, one of one of many, my wife and I had over our our speckled career. And I always loved to read and I started, I particularly like biographies and memoirs. And so I read a number of memoirs and, you know, Roman, by and large, they really suck. You know, I have found that people who write memoirs generally do two things. They're unrealistic and self-serving, you know, about, you know, life doesn't work like most of them outline that it works. And the second thing that people seem to like to do is to pretend that their the arc of their life was somehow planned or logical. When in fact, <laughs> I think you just stumble from one bog to the next and do the best you can. So I thought, you know, I need to write a memoir and I included things like pitching a loan shark and, and uh, blowing town with a monkey and shark fishing in our underwear. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens to you. And you can't plan that. You just kind of wander along. And one day you find yourself in your underwear in the owner ocean fishing for sharks. Don't ask me how it happens. Yeah, I mean, I think those kind of stories are the uh, authentic ones that just happen and you kind of run with them and the directions you go with them can go one way or another but it's like you said things are unplanned and not perfect in life um in terms of where you've been and where you're headed and kind of the variables are oftentimes chaotic and you know things happen and those are the kind of things those interesting points are the differentiations that kind of stand out but like like i I would agree with you in terms of kind of other memoirs they're uh a lot of the time, they kind of hype up the person, um, oftentimes, and sensationalize the facts a little bit more than you know they were kind of in real life. So, yeah, I, I think that format is is awesome. Well, there was a humorist who I thought nailed it, who said, "You know, memoirs—that's when you don't write about the things you did do, but you write about the things you didn't do." <laughs> that sounds pretty good, you know. And I thought, yeah, that, that's pretty much true. So, uh, so anyway, I figured I'd, I'd crank out a few stories from wandering around here and there. And uh, so far, so good. So the format of the book is 27 stories, basically, uh, about things we got involved with, uh, like losing 10 grand at the Hollywood sign and running with the bulls and just stuff you get involved with. And I think they're not stories aren't worth telling unless during at some point during the story. You look around and say, 
what am I doing here? <laughs> How did I get here? You know, this is completely insane. And if that element isn't there, I don't think it's the story we're telling. Yeah, I agree. I mean, some of those, uh, the facts are the things that can't be explained or can't believe, can't be believed the things that just happen and uh, like running with the bulls and things of that nature. And some of the things that actually like conquer your fears. So I went like swimming with sharks. I have a fear of heights. I went skydiving. Oh. So stories like that, that kind of connect to also overcoming something or just, you know, spur of the moment things that you didn't think you would be doing. Getting drunk could be part of that. Yeah, that oftentimes leads to <laughs> some of those stories as well. You can't fool me, Roman. <laughs> so what motivates you to succeed? I'm sorry? What motivates you to succeed? Well, I, I, I told people I think it's because I grew up on a small farm. Now, when I grew up on a farm, now there's a lot of labor-saving machines and stuff. But it was a lot of backbreaking work and boring beyond belief. And it was, but it wasn't too bad because the farm was next to a huge community of about, oh, 600 people. So <laughs> as a kid, I was just wild to get out, have new experiences and do stuff. And, and I pretty much adopted the attitude of, uh, and, you know, you want to go shark fishing? Sure. <laughs> Why not? What could possibly go wrong with that, right? Went to uh, California, got involved with the entertainment industry and radio and TV and a bunch of stuff. Just surely by being there and always agreeing to do stupid stuff that I hadn't done before. So in terms of what drives anyone to succeed or to do things like what you're doing uh, is I think just a desire to try stuff, to try new stuff. And usually it doesn't work, but sometimes it does. <laughs> and those, those are the moments in life. There was a uh, great quote by an American president, Teddy Roosevelt, where he talked about, um, you know, being in the arena and getting all beat up and whatever. But the, the point he made of it is that if you don't do that, most of the time when you when you climb down into the arena for the fight, you get beat up. But once in a while you don't. And he pitied the poor souls who knew neither the, the valley of despair or the, the top of the mountain. And I kind of agree with that. But to get into either one, you gotta be out there. It, it, it's like you with your show. I mean, you know, you, you don't know how people are gonna respond. You hope they're going to respond extremely well, but you don't know for sure until you get out there. But from what I hear, they're responding very well, so bravo. Yeah, and like you said, I think it's obviously taking advantage of the opportunities you're, you're dealt and kind of getting out of your comfort zone because, you know, nothing ever comes in a cycle of a habit or being complacent. It's taking yourself out of that comfort. Being uncomfortable often leads like you said, to failures, but very often, I mean, people in athletic sports, you know, people that have accomplished a lot have a lot more failures than they do successes, but eventually it leads to a success and then they take things from those failures, learn from them and then apply them to obviously reach a goal or ultimately a success. Yeah. And you went skydiving. Well, obviously it worked out okay. 
But, you know, I'd rather run with the bulls than go skydiving. That sounds really quite terrifying to me. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like you said, uh, it comes out of a situation. It was more so of a dare. And my one of my fears is heights. So every time I fly, which I've flown a lot, you know, around the world, when the plane's about to take off, I see myself crashing before the plane even takes off. So I did it. It, it was one of those things, which was an amazing experience. I have the video of it. I don't know if I would do it again, but I'm still, you know, afraid of heights. But it's one of those things, if I didn't experience I would never know, you know, what it was like. And it was, it was amazing, even though I'm still kind of afraid of heights as well. <laughs> Didn't care yet, huh? No, absolutely not. <laughs> can't imagine. Can't imagine why not. I mean, I had a, I had a person kind of attached. It's a tandem jump, basically, yeah. if you don't have a license. Yeah. And I can't, I can't even imagine jumping on my own because obviously that altitude goes by really quickly and you have to kind of look at, where you're at and I mean I would probably get caught up in the situation and not pull the shoot in time which the the person had to pull it because I was just so like you know in awe of everything around me so it's it's one of those things where you know I learned something from it and you know things may be scary but taking them and and doing something with them even though you may not conquer that fear that experience really adds to your life and obviously ultimately life's about experiences. Yeah, you know, I never did that, uh, a tandem jump or any jump, but a tandem jump in particular, because I figured I'd die. My screaming all the way down would distract the, you know, the, the tandem guy to the point where we'd just auger in, you know? Yeah, at that point, when I was out of the plane, it was like one of those things, whatever happens, happens because it's out of my control. So I Yeah, you can't just, go back. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> just went with it. And, you know, luckily it turned out favorably. So I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> well, my hat's off to you. That's that's one I have not done that and I am I do not feel moved to do it, I might add. Yeah, I mean it's not for everyone. Like I said, I did it once, I probably wouldn't do it again, but you know, I'm I'm glad I did it. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Well, I I think that's an interesting question. I, I would have to say I think that a couple of times when I passed up on opportunities, I mean, every time you get something new that you can do that you haven't done before, it's like jumping out of that plane. I mean, it's, it's you know, if you don't jump out of the plane, you can't hit the earth at 200 miles an hour. But on the other hand, you won't have the experience of watching that shoot open either. So after a couple of times like that, I thought, you know, that's a weakness. If you're lucky enough to get an opportunity to do something, maybe a little wild, but certainly something new, and you don't take it. I read something the other day that I thought was really, you know, I think it was some psychologist or other who stares intently into the screen and tells you about life, you know. But they did make a good point, and that was they'd done a big study of, of folks who I like to call more mature. And if you start shouting, okay, boomer, I'm done here. But, uh, but anyway, what they said was that they found with older people, it, they never talked about things they did that they regretted. What they talked about is things they didn't do and they regretted not doing. And I, I kind of think that's, that's where it's at. That being said, you know, if you have that kind of attitude, 
you can really get into some bad situations <laughs> that may not work out so well. But you know, that's kind of my cautionary note to to your audience, I guess. Yeah, you still need some kind of kind of guiding compass in that sense. But like you said, you only regret those things, you know, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the line that you didn't try or attempt. You rarely regret. I mean, you do sometimes regret some of the things you did, but at least if you took something, even if it was negative and used it or learned something from it and moved on to utilize it in your future, then that's, you know, all that kind of matters. And like you said, sometimes when an opportunity comes around, obviously it's out of your comfort zone and it may be scary, but taking it at that time, because you may not get that opportunity again. I think Richard Branson has like a quote where, you know, if you're offered something, you know, accept it and then learn along the way or, you know, pick up as fast as possible because that kind of opportunity may not come along in the future. That's like Billy Joel said, you know, the things I didn't know at first, I learned by doing twice. And you, you, you don't know how things are going to go. You know, there was the best example I have was one time for, for I was married and had a family for three other young guys. And I decided we were going to go to New Orleans for spring break for party. I mean, that was our, our goal and our motivation, right? I went into a car and about, Oh, two nonstop days driving later or one day, I don't remember. We were driving through Arkansas and the Klan decided we were down there to help register voters and they shot us up. So here we went from going to New Orleans to get drunk, to getting shot by the Klan and then subsequently thrown into jail in a little town down there. So sometimes you take advantage of an opportunity. It may yield things that you never suspected going in. It's like what you're doing with your broadcast. I suspect it's led to developments that you didn't envision going in just, just because of the, the reach of the kind of media you're involved with. I'm taking a wild guess there, but I bet I'm right. Yeah, and I think podcasts have the power because it's a platform that's not controlled. There's no gatekeeper. It's not like radio where you're kind of programmed what to say. And ultimately, I switched over to the interview format last March, and that kind of took off the podcast as a result of my grandfather passing the month before. So it's been kind of a coping mechanism. And since I work remotely and obviously I spend a lot of time at home by myself while my wife is at work. So there's a lot of time there to kind of think and my mind wander. So I think it's also been a, you know, healing mechanism in terms of, you know, the conversations that I've had and ultimately sometimes dove into other people's losses and things that they've struggled with and how they cope. So it's been a healing process in that sense. And in turn led to all these, you know, developed relationships of, at this point, you know, about 150 interviews in the year and uh, all around the world. So the, if I never started the podcast or never had it, I wouldn't have made those relationships or connections that can obviously last and, you know, develop into friendships, business relationships and things of that nature. Yeah, you know, it, it that's interesting. I mean, that's really interesting. I, I found that when loss comes tottering down the trail, as it will for all of us, that working and meeting new people and stuff was for me anyway sounds like for you too the best way to try and get over that get over that hump maybe just keeps you from thinking about it i don't know 
But um, I agree with you. It's better than just sitting in a pile and and thinking about it because that that's that's the road to a place that you may not want to go. Yeah, I mean, your mind starts wandering. You know, you start thinking. Emotions race one way or another. And um, I mean, it's it's been part of uh, actually the grieving process. So obviously, I came to terms with it. And um, knowing that I would have been sitting around or things of that nature, thinking in the back of my head that, you know, I'm a first generation immigrant. So my parents, my grandparents, we came here, I was five in 1990. So it wouldn't do justice for my grandparents and great grandparents for me not to, you know, do my best or take advantage of, you know, the freedoms that are in the US and the freedom of economy. And still, I think the quote unquote American dream can be reached in different situations in terms of applying yourself. So it wouldn't be fair to my grandfather and obviously people before him if I didn't at least, you know, try my best and kind of give it my all. But good for you, man. I mean, immigration, most of us here in this country, I'm further removed than you are, but immigrants are the backbone of our nation and our, our strength, I believe. (laughs) <laughs> they're they're just went all the conservative buyers of my book probably, but uh, but I really believe that. Where you, where, where are you guys from originally? Uh, Ukraine, Lviv, Ukraine. It's on the west side of Ukraine, probably like thirty miles from the Polish border. It's a uh, UNESCO World Heritage Site, so it's over seven hundred and fifty years old. So that's been the site of a of a lot of trouble, as I don't have to tell you. But uh, my uh, relatives left Scotland, the McFarlands. Uh, when the other clans got together and beat the hell out of them because they were all cattle thieves. And they used to call the full moon McFarland's Lantern. So now here I am involved with broadcast and, and writing. So, you know, the genes tell in the end. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, the the U.S., there's no other place in terms of kind of that melting pot. And I think everybody brings something to the table of their heritage, who they are, that kind of those stories in terms of what they've been told and things from their own countries that are incorporated in the culture here. So I think that's an important component as well. And you know, I got to tell you, Roman, I'm I'm a believer with, oh, I was going to say with no evidence, but there's a lot of historical evidence that, that you know, the, the moral arc bends slowly, but it bends. And uh, it's bending in this country. We're going through right now, I think, is a uh, is an anomaly, a, a spike, if you will, a a kind of a thrashing of a group of people who feel their their privilege and their place in society is slowly being eroded. But overall, um, I'm a believer that that the moral arc bends in the right direction, and we'll get through all of this and be in a better place, even though there may not be that much evidence of it right now. But I, you know, I do believe that. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience? Just, I think, passing along something you said again, or emphasizing it, and that is, get out of your comfort zone. And remember the the psychologist's study of people over the age of 65, that they never said not one time that they talk about regretting things they've done, but they sure talked a lot about regretting the roads that they didn't take. 
And the and always bear in mind when you do do something out of your comfort zone that you know what starts out to be a road trip may end up with you getting shot. It just comes with part of the part of the landscape. Yeah, and I also think you don't you're not tested as a person or as a professional, whatever your you know line of work is, if you don't go through trials. So like you know, a fisherman doesn't necessarily become a good fisherman if he just stays in the harbor the whole time. And the whole saying, you know, iron sharpens iron. You truly figure out who you are, and you truly become kind of battle tested and hardened for the other things, the trials and tribulations that will come either in your personal life. And your professional life and obviously those overlap as well well since we have bonded i will tell you a deep dark secret of mine that i'm embarrassed to admit to this very day but hey you know when we got shot up down south i got hit and you know here and uh, probably every bad western you've ever seen or or maybe even military movies when somebody gets shot they generally say, ah, they got me. And I always thought that that was the stupidest thing. So when I got shot, you know what I said? They got me. <laughs> no manly utterance, no no Churchillian, you know, there's no more exultation than to be shot at and missed or lightly hit. There's none of that for me. Just a shout of they got me. I'm embarrassed about it to this day, you know? I guess I'm not up for manly utterances. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things Well, obviously no one expects to get shot, but other things in terms of how people think they'll react in certain situations. And then when they're in the moment, it's totally different. You know, sometimes it's anticlimactic like that. So, so I really, you, you, you didn't shout anything like, are we going to die now when you jumped out of the plane? No, I have a, I have a, uh, a, a camera guy jump with me. I mean, the guy had to, practically dragged me out of the plane um but uh i didn't say really anything and it's just one of those things you just enjoy the moment other people's people jumped along with me i know one lady actually had pulled her chute too early because she she felt like she couldn't breathe oftentimes you have to kind of keep breathing through uh your mouth or you start like panicking and getting an anxiety attack that you can't breathe because obviously you're falling so quickly but um it was one of those things where yeah, I mean, I landed wrong, too. I kind of landed on my butt instead of on my legs. And that's how you often break your back. But luckily, that didn't happen either. You're not really enticing me to take a run at that, you know. I'm, I'm just trying to be, you know, honest in terms of what may happen. You have to sign a bunch of waivers, you know, like 10 pages of waivers before you even do it. And then there's this little 15-minute safety video, which isn't much. And then you kind of just fly up and jump out. Do they show you any charts about your odds of dying? No, um, actually, uh, yeah, at the place I went, um, uh, George uh, Bush Sr. actually went skydiving for his, like, I don't know, one of the higher birthdays he had. 90th, I think. Yeah, so that's that's actually the airfield that I went from. Well, yeah, the odds are good. If they didn't kill him, they probably weren't going to kill you. I mean, it worked out for me, so I'm, I'm here. Well, fantastic. Uh, is this where I give a totally shameless plug for my book? Oh, yeah. So I appreciate you stopping by today. Let the audience know how they can find you and the book and anything else you want to you know, mention. Thank you, Roland. Well, the book is Tales from the Day. And it's by me, Wayne McFarland. If you go to Amazon, 
and type in Tales from the Day and my name, Wayne McFarland, it'll pop right up. And there's a picture of me on the cover and I look great. So <laughs> the publisher did that, that's all I can say. And um, there is a website, www.talesfromtheday.com. And as I say, the book Tales from the Day is on Amazon, a bargain, a true bargain. That's my shameless plug. Awesome, well, I really appreciate you stopping by today and thanks again. It was a pleasure. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.